What's going on, guys? Welcome back to You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude. And before we get into anything else, I want to talk about our partners from Underdog Fantasy, the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. And if you followed the NBA last night on Wednesday, a ton of hoopers went off. Devin Booker scored 50 points in three quarters. Kevin Durant absolutely went off. Jason Tatum, who we're about to talk about the Boston Celtics and how they're ruining my fucking life right now, went off once again with the royal family in attendance. Uh, Sam approves everything that the royal family does, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. So I had to, had to bring them up. But if you mm-hmm. had them last night, if you went higher on their points, you were walking away with a ton of money from Underdog last night. If you drafted them, you were walking away with money last night. So every night on Underdog, they offer pickums. You can go higher or lower on your favorite players' NBA stats. Use the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, and get a $100 deposit match bonus today. It supports us, supports the show, keeps the partnership going. So if you have not already, please sign up for Underdog, and you can do their nightly draft contest, their pick'em, and a ton of other stuff on the app. So please download it. Link is in the description. Check it out. So let's get into uh, your your beautiful baby boys, my uh, the bane of my existence right now, <laughs> the Boston Celtics, who we have to talk about them because we've we've talked about them briefly recently. Obviously, we talked about the Tatum MVP stuff last week, yeah. But it is becoming apparent that this team will will keep getting away with this, despite my the title of this episode, mm-hmm. uh. I don't even know what to make of it. Like, like you guys played the Heat last night, and mm. the Heat have been a team who have famously gotten under your skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. I've, as- I've, I've said some things uh, that <laughs> against legal counsel about the Miami Heat, so uh, no need to rehash. But it's safe to say they're one of my least favorite teams, and you know people should investigate any ties they have to other small businesses, shall we say. <laughs> cater to the rich in Miami. So, uh, yeah, just investigate those. But anyway, the Miami Heat, Royal Family was in attendance. So, by the way, speaking of the Royal Family, also have a ties to this small business in Miami. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a beautiful, close circle there. Um, Anyway, long live the king. Long live the king. He's Greek, folks. So... Last night, uh, I mean, even you guys basically can't stop winning and it's driving me insane. Not only with last night's victory against the Heat where you guys ran up the score. Obviously, Jimmy Butler was not playing, but the Heat, even without Jimmy, Bam's playing. They can go into rat mode, as you've always Mm -hmm. said. Their defense is still really good, even without Jimmy. And you guys uh, kind of, you know, you don't blow the doors off of them, but you pulled away in the fourth quarter. Once again, number one offense in the NBA by a very wide margin. Al Horford resigns today, gets a two-year extension for 10. So how do you how do you defend your uh, the, the Al Horford contract? Why is the Al Horford contract good? And why are the other scam contracts bad? Well, this is really something that we owe to your team and your city in Philadelphia, because Al Horford had such a bad time signing with the Sixers and going there that he was literally like, yeah, I'm good being exploited. I, I, I love, I love not getting market value for my services. I love being um, uh, cajoled into an under market contract and not making money because it was that dog shit to uh, have to play in a three big setting with the, uh, 
Ben Simmons <laughs> next to Ben Simmons. So he's, he's not going to, he's not going to try it again. You know, that's, that's something. Um, I mean, I think that's crazy under market for him. I, I kind of, when I was ballparking out, I was like, we should probably extend Al, I think two years. And I thought it was going to be 20 per, I thought it was going to be literally sure. double, 15 which or I, I 20, think is, yeah. yeah, like pretty fair. Um, you know, with maybe like a non-guarantee on the last year, that's only like 10 million guaranteed or something, but it's still, you know, money. That's, I don't know. That is kind of crazy. I, I kind of can't believe uh, Celtics might be losing some second round picks on that one. We might be, there might be some fanatics cash or whatever the Boston <laughs> version of that is going around. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe like Anna has been given, um, I don't know, one of the, um, I don't even know. Uh, some peep, some peep Buddhist honeydew. Yeah. She's, she's been given a honeydew franchise in, uh, in Faneuil Hall. I know there's not a honeydew in Faneuil Hall, but if if, if that, that there's one going in there, and Anna Horford is going down, so delightful. The, well, Brad Stevens got the Department of Transportation on the phone, mm-hmm. and he said, "Pete, well, listen. he runs it. Yeah, no, he runs it. He's he's uh, in his double life as yeah. uh, as as Pete Buttigieg." So said, "Listen, we need some government corruption money to give to this old man," uh, which mm-hmm. which is actually like. A year or two ago, if you had told me this, if you had told me this a calendar year ago, mm-hmm. I would have said, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Yeah, yeah, two years, yeah. twenty million for a guy who you know is barely looking. It, it is an amazing turnaround for Horford. I mean, look, I know that he was he had his ups and downs with the Sixers. He was really good to start, and then he was got injured, and he wasn't good, and there was a bunch of weird off the court stuff, and. Then he goes to OKC and he looks competent. So of course they immediately shut him down. Yeah, they were like, "We can't have that." Sam, we Presti, can't risk this. The the, the criminal Sam Presti. He, he uh, was was immediately like, "We cannot have a, a good player on this team." Goodbye. Well, we can't we can't risk it because we need the six pick to take Josh Giddy. Is what he was yes, saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, this is this is what we need right now. I it, I mean, like, didn't even work. Well, and you know what? Honestly, even if you had told me this after last year, I would have been like, okay, that's pretty fair. Because I, I thought Al has – there has been a little bit of decline versus last year for Al, but it has not been as sharp as I expected. I expected him to really come down. Um, sure. And, you know, who knows? I mean, this – honestly, there is still a chance this could blow – you know, it's pretty low risk, but it could blow up a little bit. You know, Al could still get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know. And it also really depends on like, you know, if Rob Williams comes back healthy and they can manage the minutes a little bit more, you know, because I don't think I think if they keep playing Al like this all year, he is going to get hurt at some point. Um, And that's obviously not the point. The point is to have him healthy for the playoffs. You know, it doesn't matter about 37, 36. So he's 36, 37 this year. I mean, look. I don't think that there's any reason precedent for giving a guy that's 36 or 37, $10 million a year. Yeah. For, any, especially any team not... would do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially a, a guy who plays a big position or something like that. <laughs> a guy, a guy who you need as a switch defender. That would be like insane to, to, to do that. It would yeah. be, it would be it, a guy you market want to, value. Yeah. A guy you want to play power forward next to your established center. You don't, you, you never want to give a guy, you know, that kind of, especially on low usage. Of course. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but I do think from the Celtics perspective, this kind of all hinges on Time Lord being okay. I mean, but you right. kind of you already extended him. You're you're kind of betting on that anyway. Yeah. I, and this is one thing that I've talked about, which is something that makes me mad now that like the Celtics have have already been managed pretty well outside of the last two years of of age. I think that all, all things 
have been very good for about five to 10 years now in, in this mm -hmm. rebuild to whatever this current team is. And one of the things I keep talking about and something that I, I get frustrated with that the Sixers don't do is there's a huge advantage to having your own guys and extending them early. Yeah. And Stevens has now done this with, obviously he was, you know, you, you guys were always going to extend Brown and Tatum. Like, and th that right. goes without free. saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the Brown one, to be fair though, the Brown extension was like, a kind of panned well and it yeah. was panned like in the yep. moment everyone was like you're giving Jalen brown that one you know like yeah that's like five million dollars under the the max why why like you know and also to be fair i you know i fought people on that but i also was not my heart was not super in it i was like i mean that's right you know it could yeah. go wrong you know sure. like and you know but i think that just goes to show how it, it does it is make a huge difference what the 10% max is for like a young guy versus like you, you know what i'm saying like you, you can it's it's just way less dangerous than some of these older guys because they are younger um because they are you know their maxes are cheaper um by a pretty substantial margin you know this what was you know the 10% was once 5 million dollars now that's like 10 you know yeah. <laughs> or more than 10 you know so that's that's a that's a whole thing and it's funny you bring up the Celtics always do that because they fucked that up this year and didn't extend Grant even though or didn't They didn't extend Grant but the Grant situation's a little bit different because the other guys that you've extended are Horford uh, mm -hmm. Marcus Smart, guys that would have hit yeah. unrestricted free agency. I mean, Rob Williams also is technically in that class, mm -hmm. but it's a little bit different because of his injury history. So the Celtics technically were taking a risk. Mm -hmm. So I think that for, I, I still think there is value to extending your guys in advance. Grant's the only one they haven't. And yes, he does look really good this year. And yes, he I probably mean, will get a ton of money after this year. Sure but, will. but you guys always have the right to to match that now. That's true. And, yeah. and with restricted free agency, I'm fine with teams taking it up to restricted free agency unless it is in a situation... Like, the one I didn't really get was was Cam Johnson with the Suns. Now, he gets hurt. I Maybe the Suns are covering their asses a little bit there, but I, I, I just look at the Grant situation and I go, you can always match. Now Horford is making so much less money that you guys yeah. still have... Well, you'll have one more year of Brown left before he gets a, a, a real max. Yeah. You have Tatum in the second year of his rookie extension max. Like you're going to be into the tax, but like you're a contending team. You should yeah. go into the tax anyway. You should pay that money. Yeah. And worst case scenario, if Grant is really good and worth keeping for the long haul, you can move Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon or something like that yeah. and try to get smaller contracts or whatever it is. Yeah, and they've got, you know, that's that's the only thing is that, like, you know, and, and you don't have to worry about this, is, like, like as much when you're a, a clear title. Like, clearly the window is here. It is sure. open. It is here, you know. Like, so I care less about this. But the Celtics also have, you know, that we're in year three of them just not having a first-round draft pick, which yeah. that means, you know, they're just not going to have young guys in a little bit. Or drafted young guys you know they're going to have to do the miami heat thing which you know they they've successfully pulled off with sam hauser but you know that's a hard thing to do over and over and over again you know the young cheap guys like they're gonna have to extend Peyton pritchard next year which is it sounds funny but like 
he's actually like an NBA rotation player. I know like it's, it, it's, it's weird to say, but like, he's actually an important part of their depth. Too. <laughs> like um, they probably will not be spending $10 million on him, but he might get a contract like that. Somewhere. Sure. Um, might get like a six or $7 million extension in advance. And then, yeah. yeah, I went to the game at live in person. Like, he's bigger than I thought he like looks on TV. Um, yeah. Grant is less big, <laughs> but like Peyton Pritchard Grant's is like, like two six, inches four. short. Yeah, I was gonna say Grant's <laughs> like two. Great, he's like like Peyton Pritchard is like two inches shorter than Grant. So take from that <laughs> what, what you will. Like, and they're clearly power forward and, and I mean, I think you know, I was uh, I was giving myself uh, cosmic insanity listening to um, a gr- group chat on the rigor. And Barrier said he he put zero. Um, teams in tier one because it's just it's wide open this year this is the most wide open the league's ever been and i was like i mean you might have been able to say that before the year but i just i feel like the celtics have clearly established themselves as some sort of like 1a at least until you know if middleton comes back and like the bucks look like gangbusters then sure or if like the suns come in and like kick the shit out of them but i i I think there's a pretty clear number one in the nba yeah, I, I actually I feel like I'm not being that much of a homer when I say No, that. you're not yeah. cuz yeah. on the last episode and and it's funny cuz I have talked to Celtics fans and they're like you're trying to jinx us and I'm like I really just think they're the best team. Like I'm not even like they're they're they they do well with basically any matchup in the Eastern Conference. They're on pace to win 66, 67 games. They have the best net rating by a wide margin. They have the best offense by a wide margin. I don't really think that this is any sort of homer bias on your end. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing that I think could potentially fuck things up is if Rob Williams is just not Rob Williams. Cause I do think that he, we've talked about Rob a lot and like, mm-hmm. I still think even without him, you guys have a chance to win the East, but like yeah. with him, it makes it uh like you guys are 100% matchup proof. If you get Rob back, right. because you yeah. can have any scheme you can run defensively, offensively, you just have, shooting at every position except for Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just going to be really, really tough for any team to beat them. Maybe Milwaukee has a chance. The rock, paper, scissor thing we've talked about. They have the best player. Like, it's it's entirely possible. But right now, like, a, like the, the thing that blows my mind is, and I don't, I don't know if the Celtics, I should say, I still think the Celtics are the 1A, number one contender, Mm-hmm. I picked them to win the finals before the year, and I'm sticking with that. But mm-hmm. I have a stat here which fucking blew my mind. So mm-hmm. the Celtics, are, and we know that they're the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA, obviously. They, they right. shoot a ton of threes. They shoot more than anyone else. They make more than anyone else, which is... I think they have five of the top 19 guys as of, like, two two games ago. And like, yes. Yeah, I think it's five guys over 45%. You know they're good, but uh, that probably they're gonna will not hold. Yeah, <laughs> those guys, those guys will regress, right? Which is something that we're going to talk about right here. Which is right. The okay, so the, the just to put it in a historical context, I think we can look at the NBA three point era as before and after the Warriors, right? Right, exactly. Yep. So the Warriors, as of today, are the greatest shooting team from the fifteen sixteen season. So the season that they went seventy three and nine. Mm-hmm. They're the greatest three-point shooting team from a percentage standpoint in the three-point shooting era. They shot 41.1% on 31.6 or 31.6 attempts per game from three in that year when they went 73 and nine with all those shooters. This was before KD, but right. it was, you know, it was Steph and Clay and whatever. To put it in perspective how well the Celtics are shooting right now, 
they're shooting 40.8, so less than a full percentage point less from three. Uh, and they're shooting 10 more threes a game. <laughs> they're shooting 41.6 threes per game, which is 10 more than the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, <laughs> Peak Warriors, who really only Joe had Williams. they had two non-shooters in their lineup, which was Draymond, who actually shot pretty decent that year on lower volume. Right. And Andrew Bogut was really the only non-shooter in their entire rotation, uh, if I remember correctly from that year. Mm-hmm. There might be, there might, uh, I guess maybe Zaza Pachulio. I can't remember what his numbers were that year, but long story yeah. short, they like, had. Even Iguodala was shooting well. Sure. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like that was before he kind of fell off yeah. a cliff and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. No, Barnes, they, too. Right. I mean, Scott uh, Harrison Barnes was still. I mean, there's, they're on pace to be the greatest offense ever, beating sure. the, what might be the greatest team of all time, but just destroyed by. Um, it, the 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 nets the, the, the nets the, offense the, the nets yeah. that never we never really saw the only yeah. team that ever saw them were the boston celtics yeah got destroyed right and everyone was like oh the celtics team is done which was one of the dumbest things ever because they were playing literally one of the greatest teams of all time no jalen brown and everyone had had COVID all year <laughs> they had like double what everybody else in the league i think this was the, the hardened Ka- katie Kyrie year right. when you guys lost in the first round yeah. And I remember vividly rewatching the some games from the series and feeling bad for Tristan Thompson and Evan Fournier after yeah. that because I was like, it actually was the thing. I was always kind of like a, you know, being like a little bit of a calculator rat and just like looking at Evan Fournier's numbers and being like, he, shoot, he shoots a lot of threes and like he can yeah. pass. And like yeah. I talked myself into him and then I watched that series and I was like, he can't play in the playoffs. You just can't yeah. play that guy yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, because we we were all doing the same thing. All us Celtics fans were doing the same thing. Where it's like, you know, like yeah, he's good. It's only two first. It's only two second round picks. Yada yada. And then I just like you get there and you're like, Oof. yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, that was that was also the series. But where that it was, like, team official had... that Kemba was done. Oh yeah, on yeah, that one too. Like it was like. Oof. But that team had a hundred and nineteen offensive rating. One like twenty. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, was it was like the high one eighteen. I think was it was like the Nets, and then the Jazz broke it the next year. I think. And the Celtics have a 123 offensive rating, is it? Like, it's something, yeah, it's really something high. crazy. And and the shooting, once again, I think from 122.2, the... 122.2, right? 122.2, which is, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, to put it in perspective, someone, I think they said it on the broadcast last night, it was like the difference between the second and the 19th offense is the same difference between the Celtics and the Suns, who are in second place. Right, to yeah. Show the gap. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, so 4.5, yeah. It, it's 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 shrunk a little now. It's like the gap between um 2 and the 13th place Pacers, um but still very very incredible. It's funny the Raptors are right below them in offensive rating and I want to talk about the Raptors. We'll get to them later. But I have some I have some uh but on the three-point thing cuz this kind of leads yeah. into the the Patreon part of the podcast that we're going to talk about. All right. Which is, what do we really take from these early season numbers? Because I think we all can agree that Al Horford, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and Grant Williams aren't going to shoot 45 to 50% from three for the yes. entire season. Sam Miles were might, but, but the rest of them will sure. not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I did look at it, and mm-hmm. the one thing that I will say is that that might help it. I, I don't think that you guys are going to be the greatest shooting team and also shoot the most. 
like from a from a volume plus percentage standpoint, or maybe you will be, but not by the, as wide of a margin as it is right now. Yeah. And I, the one thing I looked at was the fact that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are your two highest volume three point shooters, mm-hmm. and they're actually shooting below their career averages. Yes, from exactly. <laughs> yes. Very. Which means so so Jason Tatum shooting thirty six point six percent from three. And uh, Jalen Brown is the one who's shooting way below his career average, which is uh, he's shooting 33.6% from three. So the other guys like Al Horford shooting 48% is not going to last. Grant Williams, 44% probably won't last. Uh, Derek White, 45. Malcolm Brogdon, 49. But all of those guys are shooting like four or less threes per game. And Mm -hmm. Tatum and Brown are the two that are shooting over six per game. So if Tatum's percentage goes up, which he he gets some of the hardest shots in the league in mm-hmm. terms of having to face so many de- like defensive coverages. He's the num- the one a on that team. And they're constantly focused on basically making sure he can't shoot that pull up three. Um, so that might, that might sustain itself a little bit, but I think Jalen Browns is going to go up. So that might make up for a little bit of the loss that you will get from those. And it mm-hmm. might balance out to still be like, the greatest high volume three point shooting team of all time. If not, it would be like up there with those Warriors teams, basically. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy because of the the big versatility, especially like Grant Williams and Luke Cornett both being over forty percent is crazy. <laughs> like um, the five you know. out shit just like has broken yeah. the defenses. Like right, and, like even Blake Griffin is shooting forty percent. I mean, given he's played like. 13 games. Say, what is that, like eight, 10 attempts? Eight, eight, eight <laughs> games, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't even know. But, like, but that is very funny that, like, um, you know, there's two, Justin Jackson and Noah Vonley, the Celtics have five people under 40% from three, only five of the 13 people who have taken a, a three-point attempt. Two of them, uh, you know, it's Justin Jackson and Noah Vonley are two of them, which is understandable. But then the other three are uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Yeah. Well, <laughs> smart makes sense. Smart, make, right. smart making a league average. Uh, I yeah. think his career I mean, average is right a little bit below. Career. Yeah, I think yeah, that's like pretty much right at his career. Sure, he's at he's at thirty six percent, which I think is right around. He's had he's a better shooter. Than, oh no, he's at thirty two percent. So he's actually well well above it. I thought he was higher than that. He's actually early 32%. in his career. He was not a good shooter. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I forgot he had that that second year. He was God four attempts a game and twenty five percent. Oof! Don't um, stop shooting. And he, and he didn't, and he turned himself into a good shooter. Like it was worth it. But uh, I've been telling myself that with Sixers players for fucking seven years. Uh, but no, the 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 thing about this is I, I don't think that the offense is necessarily 100% sustainable. But while Rob is out, it mm-hmm. does feel like having five guys on the court almost at all times mm-hmm. that can shoot makes it virtually impossible when you have two guys like Jason Tatum right. and Jalen Brown as well, plus a bunch of great connective passers with Al Horford and Derek White, and even Grant's gotten better, like attacking mm-hmm. closeouts and all that shit. So I Rob's, still Rob's a great passer too. Like, he is. He is. Out of yeah. the hub. Like, he just can't. This shoot. is well. But he's like he's got a he's got a little more than you'd think. The the thing is, he kind of really doesn't need to because he's sure. just such a vertical threat. There is like you, there's like two guys in the NBA who, if somebody throws a a, a pass well can break up a Rob Williams lob attempt. Like he, that, that's the thing with him. I, I think what I expected when Rob comes back, um, 
the defense will obviously improve. Um, you know, uh, it might not improve as much as people think. You know, I, I think the Celtics are a little bit worse of a defensive team. They're not like that. Al is not what he once was, and I, I think he was a bigger part of it than people realize. So yeah, probably... I was surprised to see the defensive metrics that always love Al were like he's a yeah. negative defender for the first time. I, even his Sixers and, year, I don't think he was a, ne- a negative defender on those metrics. That I test that looks to be about right. You know, like Al is Al is it's so weird. Al is so feast or famine, like play to play. Like like someday he'll do look so sprightly sometimes, and other times he'll just get totally blown by. Or, like you know, it it, it really is you know. They're going to have to be careful with his rest. But, you know, to the point, though, I, I just think that, you know, Rob, um, it might not help their efficiency numbers because Rob doesn't provide the three-point spacing. Um, but I've always said you – I've always said that I think – I expect that to help actually help the offense when Rob comes back. Because right. what what I did not expect and why that might not hold true is because the Celtics have traditionally had very bad rim pressure um, mm-hmm. at, like – Jalen Brown is our has been our traditionally our best finisher inside, good at getting the line. Jay, um, Jason, traditionally that's been like one of his last week points is you know especially when he feels like he gets fouled and he doesn't get the call, um, you know he complains on his way back up the court that pisses the refs off more. He doesn't get like he won't get the call again and then he complains. It's it's a vicious cycle. So we've always done badly with that. Now these guys have a wider open space with no Rob. They're getting to the rim and they're not getting knocked off their spot. They're they are finishing, especially Jason Tatum, at a higher clip on the inside. And right. that is, you know, that is something that was missing last year. And that was something they really relied on Rob for was to get rim pressure and to compress the defense. And that really made a huge difference for the team. So maybe this iteration of the Celtics, that will be less important and he won't have as big of an impact on the offense as I thought. It's hard to when it's the greatest offense of all time. But I, I, I do think... I do think, you know, the Celtics will probably end up in the top three of offense um, at the end of the year. Maybe not historically great, but up there. Um, and I think they are going to come way up in defense. I think they'll probably finish top five, top seven, something like that. Probably not number one with a bullet like they were last year, but, you know, up there. And I think that's good enough. I think that's good enough for winning a championship, you know, to be top five and, you know, uh, you know, top three in offense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been trying to avoid what my real thoughts on this are, which is uh, I talked about it before the preseason. I said I thought the Celtics were going to win the finals. Mm-hmm. It's gearing up to me to look like a nightmare for Sixers fans, and I think it's going to be Celtics Nuggets. Like I just Ooh. think that because think about the like, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Western Conference later from uh, a few things that I want to bring up, but just think about like. And, and and you can never count out the Warriors just because Steph's playing at the highest level he's ever played. I want to talk about that later. We'll, we'll get into that later. I, I don't think you can count them out when, mm-hmm. the, when they scale up everyone's minutes and they cut down to that eight-man rotation or seven-man rotation or whatever it is. But the West, uh, I mean, Justin Barrier said that uh, I wouldn't put anyone in tier A for contenders. Yeah. Maybe in the West. In like the West. I think yeah. I, I think the West is a bit more like everyone is more balanced and there are probably five teams I could see coming out of the Western conference, but yeah, you could tell me, yeah, like you said, six teams and I wouldn't bet you tell me the Pelicans were came out of the West. Sure. I, why not? Like even I, I keep making the joke and I'm doubling down on the Grizzlies, but you can tell me the Grizzlies come out of the West. I wouldn't, you know, yeah. warriors, sons, anything, honestly, even the Clippers are kind of pulling it together, even though, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard's I just don't think that I, I picked them before the season and I just yeah 
If Kawhi's not Kawhi, they don't have a shot. Like, it's just kind of what the reality is. And, like, you could go I'm as far to say as... I'm not counting out Ty Lue. Oh, yeah, the, the goat. I forgot. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't count out Ty Lue, baby. Unfortunately, they're not going to be playing Rudy Gobert every round. Uh, yeah, so, or the, the, the Jazz's perimeter defense. Um, so, I, I just want to pull up one thing before we move on from, from this topic. And I want to get your thoughts on this right here. Hold on one second. Is it uh, Joe Mazzola saying that the only royal family he believes in is Jesus? <laughs> no. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. No, that was good though. That that's was a good great. bit. That's yeah. a good. That's a good Catholic. A ca- I forgot how important a Catholic coach in Boston would be. It's you know? true. Like, pan- <laughs> yeah, the pandering is, is yeah, yeah. incredible. My grandma would have loved that too. <laughs> it's like we're not. We're not Boston. Boston. One last IRA thing for Boston. No royalists. In the, not recognizing the royal. I I did, I did see that Twitter account. Irish Celtics was really pissed. They were like, we do not support the royal family. <laughs> they have the IRA fucking yeah, uh, yeah. profile picture. Yeah, say so Lucky comes out in a ski mask and they just rush them, <laughs> rush them out. It is. I, I, we don't talk about that enough, about how the Celtics mascot is just like a guy. <laughs> like we don't put him in a funny suit it's just like a man it's like the is subway there any bit. other team that does that no it's like it's like it's like subway from the, the community joke where the guy <laughs> signs a legal waiver to ha- become the personification of the ch- restaurant chain subway you that mean- man is actually lucky now he had an identity it is dead he yeah. was killed and now his body has become a vessel for the dark soul of lucky the leprechaun so. it's, it's 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 the same thing as promo code slot Yes, that, exactly. which is now my legal, which is now my legal name. Legal uh, name. So, so I need to pull this up for you. Speaking of mm-hmm. the Nuggets, I just wanted to get your thoughts on oh, on this. This is, now. <laughs> this is this is perfect. This, this tweet right here from this Andy so Bailey funny. that rules. Dude. This rule, okay. The reason this so, rules, um, we need to explain what it is for people who are listening. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. We have yes, people who are listening. This is our best friend, Andy Bailey who Sixers fans know fondly because of they fought with Nikola Jokic uh, over the MVP last year and probably the year before that too. But it's a, one of those blind uh, tests where it says player A and then a bunch of random stats and then player B and a bunch of random stats. And of course, the one who won in a landslide in this blind test is Nikola Jokic and the person who lost is uh, Jason Tatum. So. Mm-hmm. So I just want to read for the people at home what what his first metric he puts out here is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the player A and player B, and it's their numbers. And what would you think? You know, is it points? Is it VORP? You know, you know, he's a he's a numbers guy. Maybe it's VORP or Raptor or something like that. No, no, no. The first thing is points plus points by assist. <laughs> <laughs> That is some that, fucking screen assist awesome <laughs> shit if I've ever seen it. That this, rules. I, I can't this, knock the hustle, man. The agendas are agendas. Like the stat we know we all know love and love is yeah. points plus points by assist. You know how like you're arguing with your buddies and then somebody, you know, brings up the year that uh Steph Curry was uh fifty point one points by point plus points by assist. <laughs> You know, Katie, Katie loves clapping back at haters online by bringing up his points and points by this assist. Let's go. <laughs> also, God, that rocks. Awesome. 
Awesome. Also, uh, I understand Jokic is like a historically impactful on-off guy, yeah. but your 31.9 swing does not count when DeAndre Jordan is the backup yes. center. I refuse to allow anyone, because you probably could have done the same thing with Embiid last year when people were arguing he was not the MVP, which mm-hmm. when DeAndre Jordan was his backup, we were getting fucking slaughtered every minute, and then we only won during the Embiid minutes. So, like, I... I, I do think it's funny because once again, I, I, I last episode I got into a little bit of trouble here where I uh I was trying to make fun of Jokic and they ended up being like, oh, that's actually like, oh, he's only averaging this many points. And then I saw his true shooting percentage and his yeah. effective field goal percentage. Yeah, his and true I was shooting like, is pretty good. <laughs> it's seventy yeah, percent. Yeah, it's seventy point six right now. That is pretty good. I mean, like, look, I can't pretty good. I can't, I can't knock it. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's all right. You know, for someone who actually shoots, mm-hmm. although he doesn't really shoot threes anymore, but for someone who actually shoots, it's like brain breaking good. But uh. Yeah, I mean, he's having, like, a historical mid-range season. He's been great, but also he clearly doesn't care about winning MVP because who was the last MVP that averaged 22 points a game? Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, he, like the, the Nuggets are going to probably end up being up there with you guys in terms of offense by the end of the year just due to the fact that he's, like, yeah. a ridiculous creator. But I also think that, like, that's not even Jokic's objective anymore. Like, it's, yeah. it's very obvious that he it's- just... Wants to get his teammates involved and win and 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 probably gonna, save it for the playoffs. Honestly, I think he's going to have the Giannis year from two years ago, where yeah. it would be his best, honestly, his best, most impressive statistical sure. year yet. And But it, he will not win the MVP because people are sick and tired of you know, yeah, yeah. voting for him. But I think it's going to, I think it's going to come down to Steph and um, Tatum because I don't think I think Luca's team is just going to be too bad. And what about Booker? Do you think Booker's throwing his hat in the ring you know, a little he, bit? He's he's in the mix. You know what I'm saying? I see him more of as like a, a first team All NBA guy. But like who knows? Yeah. I think I think once he like enters the the gauntlet, you know, and people start picking at your you know your defense and stuff like that. Yeah, and all that stuff. You know, like and then you know on top of that, you know, you've got the um. You've got to beat the the Western Conference final allegations. You know, next year might be his year. Like they need to kind of. Get oh, because the they collapsed so that, last year. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's going to be in everyone's mind. That that's the well. Shit. That's what Tatum is facing to... right now with the yeah, finals. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's why Steph. That's why I'm I'm so slanderous to Steph because I think he's the clearest threat because he's the one. That's going to be the narrative matchup. That's what warrior. That's what the Warriors propaganda machine is going to rely on. Is you know that. You know, it doesn't matter that Tatum had to go through fucking um, Miami and um, uh, the fucking Bucks while they got to do what the Mavericks and a young Grizzlies team that was absolutely not ready for the moment. The, the Grizzlies team that almost lost to the fucking Wolves. I, mean, I will. I will say. I, I know you hate it. The Bucks without Middleton, they're not that much different than the Mavericks with without. I would. I would say that version of the Bucks. <laughs> I know. I know. They won the title two years ago with with Chris one Middleton. Year one year ago from that series. One year ago from they the were series. Defending champs. <laughs> but big Chris yeah. Middleton was a big part of the reason. I mean, he won them game six. He's a Celtics on killer. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. That would be the argument is that he's a sure. Celtics killer. Yeah. You know, that's the. That, but that's, I. Yeah. But but the I, I I don't know. I just think Drew was a more important part of those 
teams when they won. I disagree. I think Middleton was. Game six of the Hawks series, Giannis was out and Chris Middleton scored 39 points. He was their entire offense. I I actually am of the mindset that Drew's a little bit overrated and and Middleton's a little bit underrated when it comes to this. I would agree agree with that in general, but I do think that that Drew has, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I, I think Drew was a really important part of that team because that team is built... That team is built on a defensive identity. Obviously, that all stems off of Giannis and Brooke is back there too. But I just think I don't think it is a mistake that the the, the Bucks became serious title contenders when they got Drew. I, I, agree I do that. think yes. that is a yes. I think that is a real important part. I know he I know he's dogged it for them. I know Bucks fans are pissed at him right now for you know like how he I'm, I'm sure they're screaming at me right now, but I really, I really just think that he overall is like more important than he gets credit for. And like Middleton is like Jalen Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like he's there to buoy you when your first guy doesn't have it. And that's like very important, but for a team with Giannis, when you're trying to create in the half court is my whole thing is their offense can look so bad. Sometimes when Drew is thrusted into that secondary creator role, he is, he's much better as the tertiary guy where like he can, like where the other two are, are, are bending the defense and he's kind of working off the advantages that they create. But I still think they're both kind of similar level players. I understand your argument, but I do think that like, Giannis is probably better than Luca just because of the two-way push. But like Luca in the playoffs is arguably a top three, top five guy, and okay. and and that's the one thing. And I do think that Mavs team sucks for a Western Conference Finals team. I what agree I, with you what, on that. Well, but but what I'm saying, I'm not even talking about the quality of the team. I'm talking about how physically punishing it is to get sure, through sure, those sure, teams. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you know, that yeah. is that is the difference. You know, it's not John hard Mar- to go up against John Morant and Luca Doncic are not doing the same thing to you that Giannis and a rat mode heat team, Kyle Lowry and fucking um, uh, uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam and all of their weird little guys they throw at you. Like that is, it's pretty clear to me that Tatum was sore. The Celtics were beat up and tired. You know we're not, I'm, I'm not allowing this. No, this is no. the one, this is the one thing that Sixers fans have. We're, you're not allowed. No, no, no. <laughs> when you on. guys win the finals this year, we won't have anything. Well, this so. is why, but this is why, this is why I think it's different because the other, the other side of the coin is the Celtics blew their whole fucking first half of the season and they had to play balls to the walls down the stretch. And we're still tired from that too, you know, which is, you know, something you should blame the Celtics for because it's their own damn fault. They, you know, Jason Tatum ate dog shit last year for three months. <laughs> gave me psychosis. God, if I were on the podcast last year, you would have, you would have seen some real red rum shit. I'm, I make your Hawks, stre- I would have made your Hawks stream look sane. Like, yeah, I, I that, need that I, Knicks game where RJ Barrett hit a three to like win the game. I was oh just, my I was God. going, I was going insane. Like just. <laughs> Like like full all work no play makes Jack a dull boy like in my tw- in the Twitter DMs but <laughs> yeah no you were, you were losing your mind because I knew you you kept being like you came on the podcast and you're like I know this team is not this bad like yes. you were like you were like I'm not crazy and I was like <laughs> exactly. Sam get some help dude <laughs> yeah, exactly I, I they they gaslit me for a year and a half I knew they weren't bad the year before either like I was like fuck gee, like. And everyone was like getting mad at me because I was like, Jason Tatum is just playing bad. I'm telling you, it's just Jason Tatum is playing bad. It's like, oh, he's carrying a, he's like carrying on the team. Like, yes, but he can also play better. And I know he will. And he finally did. And oh, thank God. Thank God. I would be. Oh, man. Anyway, 
Uh, you, you, Sam, it's over now. You, yes, you, it's you, traumatic. You won. You won. I'm still in it, dude. I'm yeah. still in the fucking trenches. No, <laughs> something, we're not out of the woods yet. There's there's a lot of awful things that can happen. Actually, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Especially I'm, with uh, yeah, Marcus yeah. Smart's injury history and Robert Rob's, Williams. Yeah. Al, we, you know, yeah. We're, one, we're one hour injury away from Luke Cornett being our starting center, who's played well, but yeah Yikes. all things considered yeah yeah uh okay so that 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 is the end of our celtics talk if you want to hear the rest of this conversation where we talk about some crazy shit that's happened in the first quarter of the season we're going to discuss outlier statistics we're going to discuss what we think is sustainable what's not sustainable and just some crazy shit that has happened subscribe to the patreon the link is in the description so thanks for tuning in to this part but now you have to pay <laughs> That's right. That's Money right. only. We're only talking one thing. Capitalism is back, baby. You know how I always say I'm a communist on the podcast? No more. That was a That's bit. Right. Mask off. Let's go. Let's Money go. only. Yeah, Talk let's to go. the Benjamin. We're all going to get Neuralink chips to celebrate exactly. celebrate capitalism. Is it, it's exclusive. You're paying for an exclusive experience. This is... Uh, this is Firefest. The Patreon right. is Firefest, and you're signing up, and you're getting you're getting good stuff. Let's go. Okay.